No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord expresses His continuing love for Israel. How can He give them up? Nevertheless, He will reward them according to their ways. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of Hosea on Simply the Bible. Now, as we continue in Hosea, we see God bringing charges against the northern kingdom of Israel, but we also see his fatherly compassion toward his son. We continue in Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son, as they called them. So they went from them. They sacrificed the Baals and burned incense to carved images. I taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by their arms. But they did not know that I healed them. I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. And I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and fed them. So here God gives the imagery of him dealing with Israel like his own son. And he uh, took him and loved him and brought him out of Egypt. And yet, as he brought them into the promised land, they sacrificed to the Baals and they burned incense to carved images, which God told them not to do. And yet he still picked up his son uh, by the arms to teach him how to walk as parents do, as they are toddlers and then they fall, they pick them up back up again, you know. And so God said, I taught you how to walk. I helped you, you know, fight the battles you had to fight and gave you the land to live in. But they did not know that I healed them. And I think that is so often the case that God is acting in our lives in mercy and grace. He heals us. He blesses us. But then we don't realize that it is God doing it. He said, I drew them with gentle cords or bonds of love. And this is always the way the Lord works. You know, he doesn't use force. He could. He's sovereign, but he doesn't. He seeks to woo us with his love. I took the yoke from their neck. Now, of course, they had the yoke in Egypt, the yoke of bondage. But then when they turned from the Lord during the times of the judges, God would give them over to other nations to rule them because they were disobedient. But when they would call on the Lord, he would again remove the yoke from their neck. I stooped to feed them. And I, I love that God is so condescending in meeting us where we are at to feed us as we need food. He's the good shepherd. He shall not return to the land of Egypt, but the Assyrian shall be his king because they refuse to repent and the sword shall slash in his cities, devour his districts and consume them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on backsliding from me, though they call to the Most High, none at all exalt him. And so they had wanted to have their own king, but now they turned to Assyria, therefore the Assyrian would be their king, uh, because they refused to repent. Now it wasn't so much that they had sinned, but that when they had sinned, they would not repent. Even though God brought his prophets, he brought disaster upon them, they still would not repent. They were hard-hearted. Therefore, the sword would slash in his cities and consume them. Just the terrible, horrific things that the Assyrians would do to them in destroying the nation. 
and this happened because of their own counsels. This is probably the most tragic thing of all. They had the word of God. They had God's counsels. If they would have listened to them, they would have lived by them. They would have perpetually lived in the land, but they rejected God's word and chose their own counsels instead. And I see so many people doing that today. My people are bent on backsliding from me. Now, the backsliding we often think of like, well, we fall into sin and we backslide, but you know, really all backsliding is against the Lord. When we sin, we're sinning against God. Though they call to the Most High, the Lord said, no one exalts him. So with their lips, they would cry out to the Most High. They would say that they were worshiping him, but then they did not exalt him as the Most High. They did not place him in that preeminent position of being sovereign over their lives. Verse 8, how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I set you like Zeboiah? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with terror. Now here we see in the midst of God bringing charges against Ephraim, he says, how can I give you up, Ephraim? And, and here we see just the compassion of the Lord. He, he, he loves them. Now, remember, this is all with the backdrop of God telling Hosea to marry Gomer, who would be unfaithful to him, and she would go and commit adulterous affairs. And then God said, take her back and bring her back as your wife. And in the same way, God is saying, look, I can't give you up, Ephraim. You're my bride. You've been unfaithful, but how can I give you up? How can I hand you over? I can't make you like Adma and Zeboim. Those were two cities in the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed. But he said, I will not execute the fierceness of my anger against you. Instead, my heart is churning within me. And so there was just the warmth of his love rather than fiery wrath. Therefore, he would not destroy them. And then God says, I am God and not man. In other words, I will do what I'm going to do. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. God is just, he's righteous, he's immutable, but he doesn't give an account to us. <laughs> he will do what he will do for he is God. Then he said, I am the Holy One in your midst. I've been here all along, though you did not know me. And I will not come against you with terror. This is who he is. They shall walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, then his sons shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like a bird from Egypt, like a dove from the land of Assyria. And I will let them dwell in their houses, says the Lord. So God looks ahead to when he would restore them. Now they would go into Assyrian captivity, but God is looking ahead to when he would bring Israel back into the land and they would walk after the Lord. And he will roar like a lion to call them home. Now this hasn't happened yet, but it will happen during the millennial period. And, and honestly, I think we're seeing some of that as far as Israel coming back into the land. But rather than roaring like a lion in judgment, which is typically the way you would see that idiom used, God said, I will roar like a lion and call them home. And they will come trembling like a bird from Egypt and like a dove from Assyria. And then I will let them dwell in their houses. And what a miracle it is that the people are dwelling in Israel today uh, in their houses. A fulfillment of God's prophetic word. Verse 12, Ephraim has encircled me 
with lies. And the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah still walks with God, even with the Holy One who is faithful. Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind. He daily increases lies and desolation. Also, they make a covenant with the Assyrians and oil is carried to Egypt. And so God said, you are encircling me with your lies. Again, this must have been what Gomer did to Hosea as she would try to lie her way around all of her affairs. Uh, God says, you are encircling me with your lies, Ephraim. And I see right through it, you know. Um, But he said, Judah still walks with God. So Judah was still uh, serving the Lord at this time, but uh, God was warning them that they needed to turn or else they would have the same fate as Ephraim. God said, Ephraim feeds on the wind. Now, they could have been feeding on the good pastures that the Lord had given to them, but they were feeding on the wind of their idolatry, which was worthless. It was vain. They make a covenant with the Assyrians and then carry oil to Egypt. And so rather than looking to the Lord to be their strength and their defense, they were looking to the Assyrians and then also uh, trying to cover their bases. They were uh, looking to Egypt as well to see who would help them. The Lord also brings a charge against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his deeds. He will recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb and in his strength, he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel and there he spoke to us. That is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. So you By the help of your God, return, observe mercy and justice, and wait on your God continually. So the Lord says, I'm going to punish Jacob according to his ways. And he gives sort of a mini history of Jacob in that he took his brother by the heel. When he was in the womb, he grabbed Esau's heel, and then they named him Jacob or heel catcher. Uh, And then, of course, he had to run away because he deceived his father and took the blessing from Esau and Esau wanted to kill him. So he went to Padan Aram uh, for 20 years. And then as he was coming back, he heard that Esau was coming after him with an army of 400 men. And so he struggled with God, wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night and prevailed. But here we see that he wept and he sought favor from the Lord. And so he did prevail with God, but he prevailed because God prevailed over him. And then later, after the tragedy with Dinah and the city of Shechem, they went back to Bethel and he brought his his family there. And he said, let's go back to Bethel and seek the Lord. And the Lord met him there at Bethel where he had first anointed the rock. And now they went back and God met them there. And so the Lord was saying, so you now also, Ephraim, return to Bethel, return to the house of the Lord with the help of your God and observe mercy and justice, and then wait continually on your God. That is our reasonable service. A cunning Canaanite, deceitful scales are in his hand. He loves to oppress. And Ephraim said, surely I've become rich. I have found wealth for myself. In all my labors, they shall find in me no iniquity that is sin. And so they have become like a cunning Canaanite. The word also means merchant. They love to oppress, to get money. Uh, Then they said, I have found wealth. I'm wealthy. I don't need anything. Uh, They shall find no iniquity in me. I'm going to be fine. But God says, you don't realize that you are completely spiritually bankrupt. But I am the Lord your God. Ever since the land of Egypt, I will again make you dwell in tents. 
as in the days of the appointed feast. I have also spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions. I have given symbols through the witness of the prophets. Though Gilead has idols, surely they are vanity. Though they sacrifice bulls in Gilgal, indeed their altars shall be heaps in the furrows of the field. God says, I am the Lord, and I'm going to make you dwell in tents as you did in the wilderness. You think you're so wealthy, but you're going to be dwelling in tents uh, in your captivity. I have given visions and symbols through my prophets, but you paid no attention. Instead, you turned to your vain idols, and you've made altars for yourselves, but those altars will be like heaps in the furrows of the field. They will be worthless. Jacob fled to the country of Syria. Israel served for a spouse. And for a wife, he tended sheep by a prophet. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, he was preserved. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore, his Lord will leave the guilt of his bloodshed upon him and return his reproach upon him. Again, God says, Jacob went to Padan Aram. There he served seven years for Leah, another seven for Rachel. And then he fast forwards to Moses bringing them out of Egypt and then preserving them in the wilderness for the 40 years. But Ephraim now had provoked the Lord to anger and therefore God would leave the guilt of his bloodshed upon him and return upon his own head his reproach. God was finally going to bring judgment, though he had been very, very slow to anger, yet it was going to come. He is patient and yet he is also just. And that should cause us to want to repent and return to the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give towards this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. On Monday, we will look at Psalm 133, where David celebrates the blessedness of unity among God's people. Psalm 134 is an exhortation to bless the Lord from the sanctuary. These psalms conclude the songs of ascents as people would go up to Jerusalem. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching in God's Word on Simply the Bible.